It's estimated that there are nearly 150 million orphans worldwide. There's a worldwide orphan crisis. Maybe you've heard and maybe you haven't, but it's a crisis and it's not getting better. One of the harsh realities of the orphan crisis is that many children are not actually orphans, but their parents have had to surrender them or give them up because they simply can't afford to care for them. Adoption is beautiful and adoption is amazing, but adoption is just one solution to the orphan crisis. One of the greatest things we can do is prevent kids from becoming orphans in the first place. What if one of the ways we could do that was just by changing the way we shop? What if we empowered men and women worldwide with jobs that pay fair and living wages so they can care for their children? Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guests this week are Angela Lan and Kara Menning, the founders of Beautiful Uprising, an ethical fashion truck and online boutique based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. You know my dear friend Emily Sexton with the Flourish Market? Well, Angela and Kara have a fun connection to her that you will love hearing about. Kara and Angela are amazing, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, on to the episode with Angela and Kara. Hey, Kara and Angela. Welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Hey, Molly. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Happy to be here with you. Yes. Well, for those that are listening, obviously, when we record this, it's at a different time from when our folks listen. And it's like 540 in the morning where you guys are. And so you guys are officially like your troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It is a little early, but we've got our coffee here and we're we're good. We're waking up. I love it. Um, and so it really is like we're sitting down for virtual coffee slash, well, granted, yeah. I, have a, I have a bottle of water right now. So <laughs> good job. <laughs> Got to get that gallon a day in. So Kara and Angela have a amazing ethical fashion boutique that is happens to be on an ethical fashion truck, correct? Yes, that's right. Yes. And so the thing is, is that that ethical fashion truck actually used to be the ethical fashion truck that my dear, dear friend Emily Sexton opened the Flourish Market on. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And I, I would love to hear or have you guys share the story because obviously I've heard the story. I know how it all came to be. Um, but when when you guys reached out and when I talked to Emily and just it was what a cool story of how, you know, Emily went from a fashion truck to a brick and mortar store. And then all of a sudden they have this fashion truck that's just kind of sitting there and there it goes. So anyway, we'll get to all of that. But I just I love that we have this connection. You guys are in Salt Lake City, Utah, yet you have a very unique connection to one of my best friends in the whole world. So small world. huh? It really is a small world. So I just think that that is so much fun. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. And Kara and Angela, I want you guys to give us the Kara and Angela 101. So either one of you can go first, you can each tell and then we'll and then we'll kind of get into how beautiful uprising got started. All right. Sounds good. Um, Well, this is Kara. And um, as she said, we're in Salt Lake City. So both Angela and I were born and raised here. Um, I won't start that far back with my (laughs) (laughs) it was it was a bright spring day. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, but we both have roots here in Salt Lake. And so that's, you know, been fun to uh, be now a local business here. Um, so born and raised here. I left and went to college in Iowa and then lived in Chicago for a little while and Nashville for a little while. I did graduate school there and then moved back to Salt Lake in 2000. Um, let's see. I'm married and for, I'm trying to think how long this is bad. Oh no. <laughs> Honey, if you're listening, help me Angela to almost 21, 20, almost 22 years. Wow. Married. That's awesome. Congratulations. You. So, um, that tells my age, I guess a little <laughs> bit. So, um, 42 years old and have six kiddos. Um, I work as a nurse practitioner for my day job, uh, specializing in multiple sclerosis care and have done that for about 17 years. And then now have the fun opportunity to work with my dear, dear friend and have this for now little side hustle. <laughs> That's that's awesome. I love that. Uh, what are the age ranges of your kids, Kara? Uh, oldest is going to be 16 in March, uh, down to, we have two seven-year-olds. They're three months apart. Um, so our, our first three kids are biological and our last three we adopted. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So yeah. Angela, tell yeah. us your, tell us your story. So yeah, like Kara said, I, I was born in Utah, grew up here, went to school in L.A. at Pepperdine University. Oh, um, great school. Yeah, it, it was a good time for sure. <laughs> um, and then stayed around the L.A. area to work for a defense contractor and um, worked with them for almost 11 years, um, a little bit on the East Coast. And then my ex-husband's job um, took us back here to Salt Lake and then to Portland. So I moved back to Utah, I guess a year and a half ago, um, from Portland where we saw a lot of fashion trucks. Um, and yeah, so I think life's just after I, I have a three year old, um, after soon after she was born, I we decided to make the decision that I would stay at home with her. And then life got a little bit gnarly and, <laughs> Um, recently just got divorced and yeah, then life is just panning out the way it's supposed to, I think. And yeah, started fashion truck with Kara in September. And I think it's just part of, I don't know. I feel like it's part of my healing story and, um, it's been good. That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned that you saw a lot of fashion trucks, and this is definitely a newer concept that has come to the East Coast. I would say the fashion truck movement started really, you know, on the, I'd say definitely the West Coast. Um, where have you, I mean, are they popular in LA or are where are they really popular? Where do you see them a lot? I feel like they are in LA, probably more than I think. I haven't been in LA very much since, I moved from there, but in Portland, I mean, Portland's a little bit different as far yeah. as trucks go where you don't like follow the trucks. I felt like in LA, you kind of do more like I'm following them on Twitter, but in Portland, there's like giant food truck lots. And then, um, so the fashion trucks there are, that I've seen are kind of parked in one place too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a bit there from clothing to 
home stuff to jewelry. Yeah, it was it was fun. So for those that do not know what a fashion truck is, they're probably like, I'm sorry, what? If you go back to listen to my, it's I think it's episode three of this show with Emily Sexton. We talk a little bit about the fashion truck, the fashion truck movement. But, you know, obviously everybody in 2018 now is very well aware of food trucks. They're super popular pretty much everywhere now. I don't really know of a place that does not love food trucks. Durham <laughs> loves food trucks where I am. D.C. loves food trucks. I remember food trucks really f- growing up because I grew up in Washington, D.C. And so, I mean, they weren't like what the food trucks you see today are, but, you know, kind of these mobile restaurants that kind of pop up around lunchtime and dinner time for the businessmen or tourists downtown, things like that. But now they're kind of almost like a part of life and people go out to dinner at food trucks now. So <laughs> it's very, yeah. it's very unique. But uh, so Emily and I talked a lot about how, you know, there's been this movement in the last couple of years of fashion trucks and their mobile boutiques. And so you walk in and you don't even realize that you're really standing in the back of a truck because some of the insides of these trucks are just so beautiful. So I have to ask, how did you guys come up with the idea for Beautiful Uprising? Um, so obviously, Beautiful Uprising is an amazing ethical fashion truck. You guys sell ethical apparel and home goods. And you guys officially opened in September, but there was obviously a lot of work leading up to that. So what, where did the idea come from? How did you guys decide on the name? And please tell the story as to how you guys got connected, you know, all the way out there in Salt Lake City, how you guys got connected with Emily and Chris here in North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. So I (laughs) guess... I have to try and remember. We have to try and remember. Okay. Where, where did this all start? I don't know. We, we should. Well, one thing I do remember is I was just hanging out at, I was hanging out at Kara's a lot last year. <laughs> and I was just hanging out in her kitchen. And she was like, we should do a fashion truck. And I think I looked at her and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, okay. So, so some background, I, I kind of always have this like restless sort of entrepreneurial spirit, which is kind of weird because I've had a pretty traditional career, you know, as, as a nurse and then a nurse practitioner, that's kind of a set thing. That's not, mm-hmm. you know, really entrepreneurial at all. And so I have this other little side of me. Um, and I don't know, I think Angela and I talk about this sometimes too, that we, we maybe come by it through our family. So we're both um, kids of entrepreneurs. And so I think we just kind of grew up seeing that too. Um, yeah. When you say Angela, <laughs> like our our parents, um, our, both of our families ran small businesses growing up. Um, so I think that's kind of just initially for me anyway, that's kind of always been in me. And so I'm the person that's got like a million business ideas in my brain at all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, nothing has really panned out. <laughs> so this is, we. Are, I'm super proud. Like this is happening. We're doing this one. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't, didn't exactly think like necessarily fashion truck, but as I think back, um, you know, it kind of all goes back to, uh, for me anyway, thinking about um, shopping ethically, and it all dovetails into adoption for me and orphan prevention. And um, with my kids, so two of my kids are from Haiti, 
and um, our other son we adopted was domestic adoption. Um, but really, you know, that kind of solidified some things for me going through that adoption process. Um, so still very pro adoption, obviously, mm-hmm. but, you know, shifted into how can we prevent orphans in the first place? Right. And so really, um, yeah, my husband and I just going through our adoption, um, journey and, you know, it, it costs a lot of money and a lot of time and, really felt convicted that if we're willing to put that much time and, and money into an adoption, that we need to be as willing to invest in orphan prevention. Mm. Um, and so that was, I would say, like, if I have to boil it down to, you know, really what's the kind of uh, lowest common denominator of the business, for me, that's kind of what it comes down to, and that's my why. Um and then just, yeah, as you were saying, kind of these weird pieces sort of came together as it turned into um, beautiful uprising. So, Angela, do you want to talk about that or do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at each other like, who's going to say what? Um, yeah, so as far as um, our connection to Emily, which is so fun. Um, so Emily and I were just like acquaintances. Facebook friends kind of thing. So didn't yeah. really know each other. Yeah. Um, but we're acquaintances through Noonday Collection. So we were both ambassadors with Noonday for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But so didn't really know each other. But, you know, like I kind of just followed her um, her story because of just being friends on Facebook. And so saw her start um, Flourish Market and just um, have thought, you know, that was such a neat concept. Yeah. And actually heard her podcast with you um, talking in more detail about it and was just like, ah, this is amazing and and Salt Lake has nothing like this and we totally need to do this here. Um, And so then we, you know, talked for a while with Emily and, you know, even explored some some ideas of could we um, work together somehow. And so we were just kind of talking with her. So I got in touch with her after listening to the podcast and just, you know, she's so generous with her time and um, just knowledge and expertise. And so um, we had a couple calls with her just Mm -hmm. about how, how does a business like that run? Um, and she was great to just give us some, some tips and advice. And at that point, um, we were like, yeah, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And then came that in, in my opinion, kind of the hard, not as fun stuff of like, well, now we need to actually find a truck and figure out money and like, yeah, the boring stuff. The like boring I just stuff. want to buy the pretty things and sell them to other people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because isn't that what business is? I mean, it's it's an easy <laughs> stuff. Yes. Just fun and games and unicorns. Uh, so uh, we just were running stuck um, with getting a truck. Um Yes. Running into some roadblocks. I don't know. Angela, you want to chime in with this? Yeah. Angela did a lot more on that side of things. And so I'll let her speak to that. Yeah, I think we, um, yeah, we're just trying to find a truck out here. It, it was hard and a lot of it is set up for food trucks and mm-hmm. just even like because there isn't anything here in Utah. I mean, the city didn't know really what to do with us and um, permitting and licensing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think whatever we were finding out here, we just weren't feeling that awesome about. 
Um, so I think just it came down to like feeling like, ah, I don't feel good about this. What do we do? And then just like, you know, like millions of texts to Kara. And then she's like, let me just ask Emily. See if yeah. they want to sell their yeah. track. Like it was literally, I remember I was sitting in a movie theater with my kids. My husband was out of town and we were just like reaching that frustration point of like, what are we going to do? Like we've set this launch date of se- September 9, it was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was probably, this was July, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were coming down to the wire and like needed a truck. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, we, we're going to open this business without, here without a truck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, and so we had to get this figured out and just we're not feeling good about um, our options here. And so I thought, well, let me just text Emily. I wonder I wonder what they're doing with their truck, because by that point she had moved to brick and mortar and um, it didn't seem like she was operating out of the truck much. Yeah. So I text her. I'm sitting in this movie theater and she, you know, kind of didn't know if I'd hear back from her right away. And she texts right back um, like. Yes, actually, we're putting it up for sale, and we should talk more, and that kind of started it. And And then I'm remembering Kara's texting me this, and then I think Mitch might have been on the text too. My husband. Kara's husband. And then all of a sudden, they were like, okay, July 27th, 28th, we're out there. We're going out. And I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mitch and I tend to sort of make quick decisions and just act on it, like, why wait around and Angela in a good way balances us and is a little more like, let's think this through. A <laughs> yeah. second. Um, but we didn't really have time to think it through for too much more than a second. And so anyway, so um, after just, you know, talking about it, it sounded like, yeah, it's a, it's a go. And so we booked tickets and flew out to your neck of the woods. And um, that was like a Friday. We met up with, Chris and Emily the next day because they were at a wedding or something. (laughs) So we just had a little mini vacation, bummed around in Raleigh for a little bit. Um, Everything looked great, obviously. You've seen it. I mean, and and Chris is like so particular about stuff. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. So, I mean, they just taken such great care of it. It was in immaculate condition and... We drove it back from North Carolina to Salt Lake City. <laughs> I just think that's so amazing. And what a, I mean, just, you know, from, from my lens, I mean, just what a cool God thing that you guys needed a truck. Emily and Chris needed to sell a truck and there it was. And, yeah, you know, I just think that that is, I think that's so awesome. So what I have to ask, what was it like driving a giant fashion truck to Salt Lake City, Utah from North Carolina. How long did it take? Was it a little bit of a challenge? Well, that's a question for Kara because Angela hopped on a flight. And said, uh, <laughs> Angela's like, yeah, so, yeah no, I'm yeah, not doing that. My husband and I <laughs> drove it back. And it's, I mean, honestly, it was a fun adventure. I'll, you know, and we kind of went into it like, yeah, of course, you know, no problem. Ha ha, it's funny. Like, good stories. <laughs> we'll come out of it. And kind of thinking, like, we'll have three days. So it took us three days to drive back. I wasn't really considering how loud it was going to be driving back. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my husband and I will have all this time to talk to each other. Oh, my goodness. 
yeah, not really. It just, it was really loud. Um, it was kind of hot. There's not air conditioning. This is July. <laughs> There's no air conditioning in the truck. I forgot about that. I, I did know that, but I did not think about that just now. So yeah, yeah. so that's fun. So you guys just had the windows down. <laughs> yeah, we just had the windows down, which the, thus the very, you know, the loudness. I mean, it just, yeah, there was no talking. We were just waving to each other. And, um, and I was sitting on, there's just like a little jump seat. So my husband, he actually drove the whole way back home. And he lo- he loves road trips and loves to drive. So he was in heaven. I was sitting on the little jump seat. So it's just <laughs> literally like, you know, like in an airplane or whatever where you, you know, just pull the seat down. And yeah. that's what I rode for three days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did, could you even like listen to the radio or a podcast or anything yeah I mean with with my headphones yeah so that's pretty much what I did and what he did separately so we sort of were next to each other having time <laughs> time to ourselves for three days oh my goodness. I that's amazing that yeah I forgot about the uh no air conditioning thing yeah I bet that was um pretty uh pretty intense in the middle of or at the end of July beginning of August uh, it it wasn't too too bad like thankfully it was sort of I think a a cold spell for July if you will but nonetheless (laughs) well my car my uh I had it before I had my swagger wagon my minivan uh before I had that I had a Honda CRV and went a summer and a half without air conditioning with kids by the way and that was not fun we tried It wasn't that we didn't try to fix the air conditioning. It was that the repair shop just kept not being able to figure out what was wrong with it. And they just kept telling me that it needed more Freon. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I'm going, I'm digressing. Now we're talking about cars, air conditionings. I don't know. It's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So I want to go back a little bit. Um, and Angela, you very, I mean, it's, it's clear to me and you can feel free to correct me if this is wrong, but I... It's very clear to me that Kara is the very much the idea person and Angela you seem to be a little bit more of the kind of not the business person because you're both business people but the almost on the kind of the nuts and bolts sort of thing and figuring out okay I'm going to take Kara's idea and figure out how exactly <laughs> this all works together. Um, where does that come from for you Angela and how how do you because like you said that you sort of balance Kara and and her husband out a little bit when they're like, we're going to make decisions really fast. Where does that come from? And, and how has that manifested itself as you guys have started this business and really gotten it up and running? Uh, I think, I mean, I think I'm naturally more a left brain person um, in school and just learning. And, and then I think just being in finance, um, for 11 years, a lot of spreadsheets and calculating and working with project managers. And so I think that's probably just where my brain kind of naturally sits. Um, I know in the last few years of working in the corporate world, my brain was just like, I need something to do that's more creative and use my right brain a little bit more. Um, so I think that's where it just kind of naturally sits um yeah. so but 
yeah, I think Kara pushes my right brain <laughs> and like, we can do this. And I'm like, um, hold on a second. <laughs> Let's figure this out. Um, but yeah, I think that it's a good um, mix slash balance between that because I think otherwise I would just be sitting in front of Excel spreadsheets and just focusing on what's right in front of us and not really able to think about, hey, what's what's down the road? How can we make this better? What are some fun new ideas? And so it's been fun to brainstorm in that way. Um, you're you're very much like my husband because my husband, he, well, although he, I will get, he is extremely creative, but he <laughs> loves spreadsheets. That guy has a spreadsheet for everything. Like, He's if I have an idea, he's like, all right, I'll create a spreadsheet. And like, it's like it's, <laughs> I know there's sometimes where I'm like, I don't know, even like making up a document where you're just writing words. I'm like, that's so much easier in Excel. And yeah. don't <laughs> <need word." laughs> yeah, I get the side eye sometimes, let's just say for not. <laughs> I look at Excel and spreadsheets as the third layer of hell. Like I. <laughs> I don't know how to do Excel spreadsheets. I don't really have any desire to learn how to do it. And I'm thankful for Angela and her, her love of spreadsheets. And Kara's husband, Mitch, has helped us a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. And my husband, so while he and I do together make decisions kind of fast, he's a total spreadsheet nerd as well. So Angela and Mitch just, like, geek out over that stuff. And I'm, like, over in La La Land, like... Free writing, you know, <laughs> on a piece of paper with a pen, my ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's me too. So oh except I do love I do love good color coding. I like I like but I'm a visual person. So um so Kara, I wanna go I wanna talk a little bit more about your your kind of that ultimate why and where this really stemmed from. Obviously, you know, I talk on this podcast all the time about ethical fashion. It's obviously something that is extremely near and dear to my heart. Um, But there's a lot of layers to the sort of ethical consumerism movement Mm -hmm. and why different people have maybe that as their passion. Maybe it's they, you know, they really care about the environment and the environmental impact. Or maybe they just really want to see people earn, you know, fair and equal wages. But there is, like you said, a very complicated and deep and heavy and difficult and insert other terrible adjective there, you know, uh, situation around ethical fashion and orphan prevention and and how you know just everything from providing a fair wage to a family can keep a family together or yeah. how you know providing um you know just on, an entrepreneurial opportunity to somebody can keep a family together by creating stable a stable environment where families can work you know normal hours and be together um, by providing the opportunity for a kid to go to school. You know, there are all these different layers to how it can prevent, how just supporting something like an ethical fashion brand can prevent orphans. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit more about that and where did your, you know, obviously you guys have adopted three kids, so you're, you have a passion for adoption. Um, but I'd love for you to kind of share where your where things changed for you and how you learned that it wasn't as simple as there are orphans that need to be adopted, um, that it was more, man, there are orphans that 
really aren't actually orphans or there are orphans that this could have been prevented, um, you know, because, you know, and I, we've, I've had this conversation with other people, too, about how, you know, so many of the orphans that we see today aren't actually orphans. It's just that their parents can't take care of them. So right. um, talk a little bit about that and how that has really f- been part of the fuel for Beautiful Uprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I can point to, you know, like there are, there have been certain aha moments, you know, I think it's definitely, um, and I, I think this is probably true for most people, you know, you sort of go on a, a journey of like, um, as you learn more and, um, when you, when you know better, you do better kind of idea. Uh, at least I hope, I mean, we aspire to that. Right. Um, and so I, I can't quite remember. I mean, I think, um, I've, I've always, always loved, you know, clothes and fashion and all of that and kind of grew up where, um, you know, the ultimate goal was finding the best deal. Um, Oh yeah. Been there. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's ingrained in me and like, I still, I, I love that. It's like an adrenaline rush, you know? So it just, it looks differently for me now than it did then. Um, and even some of that, Angela and I talk about too, that too. So we're both, um, we're both kids of immigrants. So we're both second generation. Um, and I think some of that, you know, has trickled into just our perspectives on life in different ways too. So for me, um, I come from a, a Dutch family and, you know, very frugal and, um, hardworking and all of that. And so, yeah, like loving fashion, but looking for the deal was sort of how I grew up and loved that. And then at some point along the way, and, you know, I think it was, for me, it was probably, probably after college. I mean, I'm, I'm 42 now. So, you know, college for me is 20 years ago. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's still quite a while ago, but sometime after college, sort of this realization of, you know, where things are made. And what does that mean? And if something says made in China, what does that mean? And just, you know, learning more about that, um, just learning more about if things are really inexpensive, chances are that that someone's paying that cost. Right. So um, learning about sweatshops and um, and things like that. And so just kind of over the years learning about that and then going through, um, our adoption process, I think for anyone, when something is personal, then it just, you know, how can it not impact you? And so, absolutely, uh, yeah. So going through, um, we actually went through our domestic adoption first. So even with that, um, you know, then you're sort of just part of the adoption community. And then, you know, if you're reading blogs or in Facebook groups or anything like that, learning more about, um, adoption and some unethical practices that can happen there. And, you know, it's sort of all one thing leads to another and you kind of get an idea of how things are all connected. Um, and so then our next adoptions, um, so our, our two kids from Haiti are biological siblings. So that was all in, in one process. We brought them home together. Um, so then a whole extra layer there of traveling to Haiti of, um, you know, without getting into to their full story, which is theirs to share when they want to, um, but just seeing seeing firsthand that 
as you were saying, sustainable work, dignified work could, could keep families together, could change a kid's life, could change a family's life. And when you see it firsthand and I've got these daily reminders in, in these two beautiful kids of mine, yeah, that's, you know, adoption is amazing, but it's, it's plan B, you know? Um, Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's one of those things too, that while adoption can be beautiful in so many ways and is beautiful in so many ways, it comes from pain. There's, there's pain behind every story of adoption. It does not matter if, if it does not matter how it, it looks, but there is some type of pain for someone behind the story of adoption and that really can like you said when you see that firsthand maybe when you see that pain firsthand or you witness what is causing that it it does it shifts your perspective Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's you know for sure for me on the the orphan prevention piece and so you know with our business I mean we're able to to choose who we're buying our products from. And so we can put our resource to companies that we know are providing sustainable work for people. And, you know, several places we buy from are going above and beyond that as well, as far as different like health education programs and that kind of thing in Mm -hmm. the communities. Um, And so that's, yeah, it's just, it's fun to be able to feel like we can actually make a tangible difference, you know? Absolutely. Um, And then I think secondary, I don't know if secondarily, another point is just, um, I think it's easier now because this is becoming more, um, people are becoming more aware, but just giving, um, our, our community an option or a, a place they can go and know that they can buy things they feel good about. Um, which here in Salt Lake is just, I don't know that that's really an easy thing to do as far as if you want to go in person, you know, and shop somewhere. So yeah, kind of both of those things for me. I think that's amazing. Angela, I would love for you to kind of share. So one of the things that uh, people may not know is that while you guys are a fashion truck and if you are in the Salt Lake City area, you can follow them and see where they're going to be and you can even request to book the truck. So mm-hmm. if you're in Utah, which I have some a lot of Utah listeners, y'all got to check them out. You got to yeah, go. And, but if you are not in Utah, as you know, a lot of other people that listen to this podcast are not in Utah, <laughs> but you can still shop them online. So Angela, kind of share a little bit of what you guys sell and how um, I will say personally that uh, you guys were so sweet and sent me and you even sent something for my husband, which I just think was like the nicest thing ever. They sent a little (laughs) package for me and my husband earlier this week. And I, and you know, as a blogger and as a podcaster, you know, I get packages a lot, although my husband makes fun of me of like how many packages I get. Although granted, like a lot of them are Amazon Prime. So there's that. <laughs> um, but, you know, nobody ever sends anything for my husband. So when you that you guys included something for him was so sweet. <laughs> so um, but the products are beautiful. And obviously I'm I'm biased towards ethical fashion stuff because I just think it's so unique. It's it's beautiful. Um, and I I don't know if you guys sent this because you know that I have a huge love for 
Africa, um, Kenya specifically. Oh um, but the Katenge fabric skirt that you sent, I I nearly cried. I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and I was supposed to go to Kenya like this weekend. I was supposed to go this weekend. Cause, I mean, I went last year. I've been a few more times. And I was supposed to go this weekend. And for some personal circumstances and just some other things, I, I couldn't go this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm having all of the FOMO um, oh, because I can't yeah. go this year. And so when you sent that, and I was like, oh, I just really love Kenya and I want to go back. But anyway, see, that's I'm having a I'm having a moment here. So <laughs> I'm having a moment. It's fine. Uh so Angela, if you can kind of share with people how people can shop and and again the kind of things that you guys carry. Yeah, so if you're in Salt Lake um or in the nearby areas, we try to take our truck out um as much as possible. We're still kind of in the process, I think since we launched in September, we've just been really hustling. Um, so I think for 2018, we're actually hopping on a flight in a couple hours, and we're going to do some 2018 planning and um, hopefully f- try to figure out some more places we can be in Salt Lake so people can walk onto the truck and we get to meet you and talk with you all. Um, so, and we usually post where we are on Instagram and then we're also online at shopbeautifuluprising.com and everything is also online. Um, so we sell anything from clothes to jewelry to handbags, um, some baby and kids stuff and home goods. Um, I think Kara's passion, um, as a lot of it is in clothing and, I love it too. I'm more like comfort over style sometimes. (laughs) Um, And, but my love is, um, I love homes and interior design. And so we carry a bunch of home goods too. And that's been really interesting in terms of like, I think right off the bat, at least for me, when I think of ethically made or fair trade I think of clothing and then I also think of chocolate because I think that's where I first really learned about the fair trade yes Um, everybody says that coffee chocolate tea uh, that's usually when people think fair trade that's what they think yeah exactly um so then like going into home goods like how how can we make I don't know think about our homes being ethically designed or ethically styled and so that I think that's been a little bit harder just as far as just availability in the market Um, but it's also been really fun to find it and then curate it and um, try to figure out what people would like in their homes and yeah then we carry a bunch of jewelry necklaces bracelets Um, right now we have a lot of stuff from Haiti and we also do some Smaller things like candles, which um, is from Denver. A lady there hand pours them, and the proceeds from that company goes to help teachers in classrooms, which we're all for. Um, and yeah, I think that's most of what we carry. And then we're and men's items. Yeah, we're trying to not just only cater to the women because. Yeah, I think we have a bunch of clothing and some men's accessories because both women and men can Equal buy. opportunity. Exactly. exactly. And um, yeah. I think that's amazing. 
I am so excited for you guys, and I can't wait to see how things continue to grow as you guys grow the business and grow the, the truck, and and you just get requested all around Utah, and everybody wants you guys in their in their <laughs> parties or their bit their company retreats or whatever. I don't know. I mean, you can, yeah. yeah I I think it's awesome. Uh, so this is the portion of the show that we get to just get to know you guys a little bit better and ask some kind of fun questions. Uh, we dub it, I guess, the lightning round. I really need to come up with a better name for it, but it just kind of happened naturally. And so I've been calling it the lightning round. So listeners, if you have any suggestions for what I should call this part of the show, I would love to hear it. Uh, it's also the part of the show where my lovely and amazing and I shouldn't call him lovely I mean he is lovely but incredibly handsome and debonair husband uh, who edits my shows inserts a sound effect and lately it's just been movie quotes so it'll be a movie quote of some kind here to transition us to the lightning round so hey one more thing yeah when you have the stereo on at the same time as the tv how do you control the volume on the tv why do you want to listen to the tv with the stereo on because I like to party. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. I'm taking care of your house good. I, I keep snapping back into it. It's like a trick you're pulling on me. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Talk to you tomorrow. Kara and Angela, are you ready? We're ready. I'm so nervous. No, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. It's just fun. It's just fun questions. So the first question I'm going to shoot to Angela. Uh-oh. Angela. Would you let us hook up your recently played list on Spotify to the speakers of this show? And if so, what would we hear? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I like it. I like it. I like it. He he recently did um, a whole bunch of his song, Perfect. He recently did it with a bunch of other artists like Beyonce and Andrea Bocelli and I'm in love. The Andrea Bocelli one is amazing. Right? Like, this is a master. This is a musical masterpiece. I agree. And my uh, my teenage boys would chime in with an eye roll and say, "Oh my gosh, how cliche middle aged woman could you be?" <laughs> Sorry, I love it. I think it's hilarious. Uh, all right, Kara. If you could steal credit for any great piece of art, song, film, book, etc., what would you claim the credit for? My gosh, I'm so nervous. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Angela, you might have to help me here. Okay, that's a broad variety. Okay, so I uh, can I? I'm just going to claim an author. I'm just going to change it into what I want. Yeah, that's fine. I. Um, I love Sarah Bessie. Mm-hmm. You know, she's from North Carolina, I think. <gasps> Sarah what? Bessie? I think, oh, I think she's oh. Canadian, isn't she? Is she? I really want to say. She lives in Canada say... now. I think she's true through and through Canadian because oh, really? she definitely has a Canadian accent. Yes. Okay. Maybe. Anyway. Okay. She, Maybe I'm she thinking wrote... of another Sarah. <laughs> okay. She, so Sarah Bessie wrote Jesus Feminist. Oh, so uh, Okay. Yeah. If I need to claim a book, I'm going to say I wish I wrote that one because I really love that book. No, that's a great that's a great one. I th- yeah, okay. I'm totally um, mixing her up with another author named Sarah, and now I'm okay. it's going to drive me crazy what her last there name was. There are a lot of them. It's fine. Of it's fine. Can you know Sarah Bessie's a Canuck? It's fine. Um, okay, uh, Angela, what is the one beauty product you can't live without? 
Oh boy. Um, <laughs> lip gloss, chapstick. Yes. Amen. Preach, right? Gotta, mm-hmm. gotta have mm-hmm. that chapstick. Even my, if, if it's not in my purse, I panic. Right? Even my four-year-old is like, mommy, I need that lipstick. But it's it's chapstick. She doesn't actually wear lipstick. But she calls yeah. it lipstick. So, yeah. you know, yep. she's like, mommy, I need my lipstick. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, sometimes four-year-olds, it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> and question for you, Kara. I know this is hard because you guys carry so many amazing brands. What's which which is your favorite ethical fashion brand? And let's stick to fashion because it'll be it'll at least narrow it down for you rather than like home goods and accessories. Okay. Okay. Um so I know you love them as well. Loving elegant tees. Yes, girl. Yes. Uh, I know because I mean just super comfy. Mm-hmm. So I think Elegant Tees, it's like a good marriage for Angela and I between <laughs> comfy and stylish. Yes. Yes. So you can wear a t-shirt and still feel totally put together and stylish. Yes. Amen. I'm, yeah, I'm biased towards Elegant Tees as well. I mean, granted, I yeah. did, did design a line for them. So I may, I may also be a little oh, bit yeah. biased on that side too, because I you know, I wear their clothes all the time. Okay. So now this is the rapid fire questions. Um, so these are just either or questions. So you can both just shout them out either or. Uh, it's it's just fun. So, all right. You ready? Ready. Yes. Left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed. You're both right-handed. Okay. Uh, books or movies? Movies. Books. <laughs> <laughs> Travel by plane or by car? I, I know Angela's answer. <laughs> Um, plane. I'm going to say plane too. But Mitch's car all the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Would you rather visit Italy or the Caribbean? Italy. Right now, Italy. Italy. Crushed ice or cubed ice? Crushed. Crushed. There we go. Thank you. Now we can be friends. <laughs> uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Uh, Coke Zero Diet Pepsi. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. I Interesting. I know. I know. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Cake or pie? Cake. Pie. Mmm. And <laughs> probably the most important question of them all. Tacos or burritos? Oh, Tacos. <laughs> It's a tie for me. Ooh, okay. I, for me, <laughs> for me, it's burritos all day. But don't even, don't even get it twisted. I'm all about some taco night. Okay, so yeah. Oh, yeah, when sure. I say yeah. burritos yeah. over tacos, it's not that I'm dissing tacos, but like for me, give me a good big old honking burrito like all day long (laughs) like I there's not a burrito I've eaten that I haven't liked so like there's you know it's cool I'm hungry I know now I'm hungry and it's like breakfast time so anyway Kara and Angela this has been so much fun thank you guys for being my lovely guests on the show this week it has been a blast and I am so grateful to all that you guys are doing and um, I will just continue to especially for my friends that are in Salt Lake City, especially those of you listening in from Salt Lake and the surrounding areas, check out Beautiful Uprising. And for those that are not local to Salt Lake, I will have the links in the show notes for how you can shop Beautiful Uprising and support all the amazing things that Kara and Angela are doing. So thank you guys so much. 
Thank you, Molly. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. It's been fun and we so appreciate what you do and have learned about a lot of cool brands just from your podcast too. So then we've been able to work with them. So Mm -hmm. it's been really great. That's awesome. Thank you. Aren't Kara and Angela the best? I love their hearts for ethical fashion and bringing it to a new market. And Kara's heart for adoption is so encouraging to me. And I love how she just connects all these different things and all these different passions together. Be sure to give Beautiful Uprising some love on social media this week. I will have all of their links and information in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, I got a favor. Would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, you can use the hashtag business with purpose podcast or tag me at still being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. And the music is by Mark Killian of third wheel media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.